In the morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, how are you today? You're listening to St. Mark Bemidji's podcast, a podcast about redemption through the glory of Jesus Christ, our risen Savior. Thank you, as always, for joining us. You bring this podcast to life from its humble beginnings of ones and zeros on my dusty hard drive. Listening to this podcast isn't a passive act. When you listen or share it with a friend, you are helping with the work of the church to preach, teach, and confess our faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Sunday edition of the podcast. This episode brings you the Sunday sermon after seven days of fine marination in the fridge of our servers to bring out the best flavor. Today's meditation is titled, Wait and Watch. It's based on a reading from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 13. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. And now, today's sermon. In the name of Christ Jesus, the Bridegroom of the Church, Amen. That parable I read in the Gospel a few moments ago conjures up some pretty familiar images. Ones that you might recall from seeing on you know, your Sunday school workbook pages or bulletin covers or the like. That famous parable of the wise and the foolish virgins. In our, our culture, we might picture them as bridesmaids who are getting ready for a wedding, a bridal party, a wedding celebration that's about to take place. And all of the excitement and all of the anticipation that that entails. Now there's a little cultural bridge that we need to cross here in order to help us understand this scene that Jesus is talking about. This parable that He gives. First of all, understanding that Jewish weddings were not just a one-day affair. They were multiple days. And it was customary during the wedding celebration for the groom to go out and to secure a home for the couple to live in and then come back and get his bride, the bridal attendants, go to the wedding hall. All of that could take a few days and it wouldn't necessarily be known when the groom would be returning. And normally, um, through their custom, it was customary for them to 
for the bridegroom to arrive in the middle of the night. Why, I don't know. Maybe they had a flair for the dramatic. Um, but but it, was, it was basically that that was their custom, that the bridegroom would come when, whenever he had secured that, that place for the couple to go live, that he would come back and he would get the whole bridal party. And he would do it in the middle of the night. And this is what the ten women in our parable are waiting for. Five of them are prepared. They're prudent. They're ready with their lamps trimmed and burning. And five are foolish. Preoccupied so much that they forget to bring enough oil with them for their lamps. Foolish indeed, because it's not a matter of if the bridegroom is going to return. He's coming back. His future wife is there. The love of his life is there. He's coming to get her. It's not a matter of if, but when. And for one thing, this parable highlights the fact that the Christian faith, that Jesus is, the virtue of faith that Jesus is driving at here is that our faith is vigilant, our faith is expectant. Jesus tells us right off the bat here that this is what the kingdom of heaven will be like when He returns at the end of all things that we know. And it's through faith in Christ Jesus that our heart is informed, the heart and the soul are informed that it's not a matter of if, but when. And it encourages us to be watchful, not preoccupied, Because the Lord of the church loves His church. The bridegroom loves His bride. He's coming back to get her. As I've mentioned before in preaching on parables, you know every parable of Jesus has really one main point. And this is it. The vigilant, expectant, wait and watch type faith that the Gospel has, that the Gospel impacts our hearts with. And now, I've heard some commentators, and I even kind of alluded to it maybe a little bit um, in, the, um, excuse me, <coughs> in the children's message for this morning. And maybe because I've preached on this before, and you know, maybe we've all learned it this way. You know, what is it to have your lamp trimmed and burning? But really, that kind of ends up missing the point of the parable. And I was studying this this past week, and this aspect of this, this parable of Jesus really jumped out at me for the first time ever. And it's a pleasure to get to share it with you today because it's a new angle on this parable that, that I hadn't really considered before. The lamp does the lamp represent what the, what does the, the, the oil or the lamp represent? It doesn't really matter. For even though these ladies know that the bridegroom is returning, what happens? All of them. All of them fall asleep, whether they are wise or foolish. At midnight, the cry rang out. Here's the bridegroom come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. All of them. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. 
No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. What is this really getting at here? These five foolish virgins were more preoccupied with themselves and didn't think ahead to the moment which was surely coming. This preoccupation and this complacency is really the malady in this parable. And the rebuke of the wise virgins is actually harsher in the original. It's more akin to no way, absolutely not. And it's for this reason that I say that the lamps and the oil can't represent our faith per se. You can't buy faith for one thing. And if you do have faith, you don't, don't you want to share it with others? Right, so then the, the watchfulness here is the virtue to be espoused. The watchfulness, the expectant, the wait and watch, vigilant faith that comes from hearing the Gospel and knowing that the Lord Jesus will come again. This is what this parable is driving at. On a wedding day, this is by means of illustration here, on a wedding day, who is the star of the show, so to speak? When it's, the, when it's time for the wedding service, all the bridesmaids walk in. Who comes in last? The bride. And what does the whole congregation do? Stand, and they turn, and they watch her walk down the aisle. It's the bride that is the star of the show. Not the bridesmaids. What's a bridesmaid's job? Isn't it her duty to support the bride no matter what? It doesn't really matter all that much if she herself becomes a disheveled mess or her hair gets goofed up a little bit or there's a little stain or a wrinkle or a tear in her dress. Nobody cares. Sorry. Nobody cares. As long as the bride is looking good and is presentable, the bridesmaids are kind of ex, uh, present, uh, uh, expendable. Her job is to support the bride on that day no matter what. These foolish virgins are the bridesmaids that are more concerned with themselves. That make themselves the star of the show. They want to be presentable. They want to be presentable to the groom. They want to make it look like they were ready, that they were waiting. Just like the rest of the wedding party. So, I guess I'm saying, who cares about the oil and the lamps? <coughs> Maybe they remain trimmed and burning. Maybe they don't. Maybe they go out. In the end, it doesn't really matter the groom is coming. And it doesn't really matter what you look like. Don't be so preoccupied or concerned with yourself like a selfish bridesmaid. Those women were so preoccupied and concerned with themselves and their own appearance that they actually leave the house. It's like a, a, a bridesmaid on a wedding day saying, oh no, I forgot my eyeshadow or something. I need to go to the store. Um, the wedding is like in five minutes. No, I gotta go. 
that would be unthinkable. And now for that terrifying thought. If the wedding happens, the bridesmaid runs out concerned more about herself. And what would a bride do in reality? If a bridesmaid walked out on her more concerned with her own appearance on her wedding day, what would a bride do? What would maybe even the groom do? The wedding, the wedding celebration would happen. It wouldn't wait for her. It's a terrifying thought that the door to the wedding hall would be shut. And that idea that Jesus speaks about in this parable should send a shiver down all of our spine into the core of our being. Because we know what it means. It, it means that when the Lord comes back for us, we would be the ones that were gone, concerned about more about ourselves, more concerned about what we were doing, letting the trifles of life get in the way of faith in Christ, to be caught outside the door crying, Lord, Lord, but the door is shut. Lord, I called You Lord every day of my life. I gave to the church. I made sure I was upright in everything that I did. I gave to the needy. I made sure I raised my kids in the church. I have my lamp. I have my oil. You have to let me in. I'm ready to go now. But He replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. See, at the end of all things, when the Lord comes back, if that is our defense, based on how we look or based on what we have done, then we need to be prepared for the Lord to present to us all the things that we have not done, period. All the things that we did and did wrong with poor motivation or under duress or while complaining. Because if that's the standard that we want to be judged by, then, then that's how He will judge us. And when He's done showing us all the things that we we done wrong, or things that we left undone, we'd be like that bridesmaid caught outside the door. The wedding goes on. The show must go on. And it went on without me. I was more concerned about myself. And the door was shut. Now the Lord of the wedding says, I don't know you. Because I was more concerned about myself. And if God should at that moment pick us up and drop us into hell, we'd have naught but to say, but Amen. I heard a story about a pastor recently trying to share Christ with an older guy. I'm not sure what kind of background he was from. But he was trying to tell him, you know, hey, you know, we have church and, and, and on, on Sunday mornings, come and feed your faith. Come and feed your faith. Come hear about what Christ has done for you. What Christ has done for you. How He has prepared a place for you. And this older guy turned around and he looked at him and he goes, yeah, you know, <coughs> young feller, I'd, I'd, I'd love to go and, and go to the Lord's house on Sunday morning. I'd love to go there and um, you know, get get right with God, so to speak. But I have to clean up my act first. Here's a guy that's concerned with his own oil. 
The good news, brothers and sisters in Christ, is that a Christian waits and watches with vigilance and with joy. That yes, we acknowledge that there are times when we are sleepy, so to speak. There are times when we will be worried if our oil will run out. You know, think of the disciples. They fell asleep on the Mount of Transfiguration. They fell asleep in the garden the night that the Lord was betrayed before He was crucified. They fled from Him. They denied knowing Him. Their faith wavered. They were locked in that room on on that first Easter evening out of pure unbridled fear for themselves. Yet the bridegroom comes and knocks on that door and appears among them and says, Peace be with you. When they were unfaithful, He was faithful to His Word. He made good on His promise. I will come back. I will take you to be with Me. And what a wonderful thing it is, brothers and sisters, to ponder the fact that not even a cross, not even a grave in the ground could keep our Bridegroom, our Savior, our Jesus from keeping His promise to return risen, alive for us. And today we can take a lesson from that account. That we can wait and watch with confidence and with peace and with joy. And that when, 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 when faith wavers, when sleep threatens the heart, so to speak, when we're worried about how much oil we've got left, simply remember He's coming back as He's promised. And even though we don't know the day or the hour, we wait and we watch. I was talking about this the other day with my wife and what a perspective that this sort of thing has on the life of a Christian. That we can wait with that expectant hope and joy. Think about this. And don't ever underestimate your perspective. The perspective that faith brings. Without God, without Jesus, what is life? Cosmic mistake? What is virtue? It's really no more than Santa Claus virtue. Be good for goodness sake. Without the bridegroom, life becomes self-centered. Without the bridegroom who we know is coming back, life becomes a self-centered self-show. I star in the I become the star of my own reality TV show, played out every single day. I become the selfish bridesmaid. Constantly worried or fretting about whether or not we're presentable in one way or another to our peers or our friends or our family. Friends in Christ, we don't need to be the bridesmaid or even the bride that matter. For that matter, who's overly concerned or preoccupied with how she looks or if she's presentable enough to her husband. We know He's coming back. He loves us more than we could possibly ever know. And I think, you know, just to give a little illustration here, I think I speak for most men on the wedding day, for those of you guys who are married, that if your bride came down the aisle wearing a hoodie and sweatpants, you still would have married her, right? <laughs> that's the same thing that's going on here. 
Not that it's not nice to look nice on your wedding day. It's love beyond our ability to comprehend that our bridegroom has made us His bride. That He's gone and prepared a place for us. That He took that road through the cross and the grave to prepare a home in heaven. And He is coming back. He is coming back because He loves us. And this is what we wait and watch for. With peace, with confidence, and with joy. Amen. We hope that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Divine services are held right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday school and adult Bible study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. Our church services are live-streamed at 8 a.m. on Sunday mornings and are available afterwards on our channel, St. Mark Lutheran Church Bemidji. If you're listening or watching this podcast, you are cordially invited to join us in person next week and every week. This is our fourth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and His Word. Visit www.stmarkbemidji.org or look in the show notes in this podcast for a link to this and many other meditations on God. You can also search for St. Mark Bemidji on YouTube to find our channel. If you have any questions or you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again, www.stmarkbemidji.org. All scripture readings are taken from the Holy Bible, New International Version, copyright 2011, and are used by permission from Zondervan. Meditation's daily devotional is published by Northwestern Publishing House and is also used by permission. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider subscribing and telling a friend. May God bless the rest of your day. salvation free lasting to eternity